It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast. I wasn't going to say contest. What contest are we doing? Podcast. We're doing a podcast. We can do a contest. We could do a contest. We should probably do a contest at some point here soon for the fans. That would make a lot of sense. We'll, we'll talk about that later. What I was going to say, the only Baltimore podcast that has a co-host uh, playing majorly hurt this week. Banks, do you want to give the listeners a review of all of your medical ailments and um, really the kind of performance you're putting on for uh, the listeners? I'm in a fragile state here. I'm kind of just a broken human. Um, I've developed in my late 20s and early 30s here. Um, what was an annual ritual of just throwing out my back, my upper back and my neck. Um, this first time really flared up, I think was on my 28th birthday, which was opening day. Um, I bent down to, uh, unfold my scooter. Yes. I have my own scooter, um, (laughs) to go to work that morning. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, my neck absolutely locked up, um, and it just leaves me absolutely crippled where I can't turn my head. Um, so I'm kind of just in an invisible neck brace right now, trying not to move too quickly or else just a sharp pain shoots up my neck. So this seems to happen about once a year. Um, it happened in early January this year. It's happening again here in uh, mid-July. So it's becoming a semi-annual ritual, which means um, I'm washed. That's exactly what it means. I'm washed. So um, this is my life now. I am miserable. Um, so yeah, uh, well said. I'm playing hurt. RDT, you said this happens to you too. I get it a decent amount. I get it maybe, maybe once every six weeks where I'll feel something like, like Brian said, I'll either do something and I, you kind of just feel the sharp pain and then you slowly feel it like creep up your shoulder into your neck. And it's just like, you're like, well, I guess I'm not turning right for the next week. Um, and it definitely doesn't help when you're carrying around a 45 pound child, you know, on your shoulders and who always wants to be carried. So that definitely does not help. Um, yeah, again, it's just a big, that, yeah, that 30th birthday is a big heating pad birthday. Yeah. I've kind of seen this coming for a few weeks now. I've been on a steady rotation of, of throwing about a hundred pitches every 10 days or so. Um, along with um, a, a touch of home improvement projects, including sanding a ceiling and popcorn ceiling and such, um, which I think the two combined, I kind of felt like felt like almost like a disc in my neck was kind of like on the fritz, but I was avoiding that total slip out. And then just like in the shower, just turned my head this morning and I felt a tiny twinge. Nothing too bad, but I was like, oh, that that didn't feel good. Like, I hope this isn't something. And then I just sat at my desk today. As the day went on, it just got worse and worse to the point where I like I it, it physically hurt to both sit back or to lean forward in order to like look at my computer screen or try to sit back and like alleviate the pain. And now I'm just walking around um like the grandpa from Hey Arnold. So I was I was gonna say you're Ron Swanson. You remember that episode of Parks and Rec? I do. It's it's that's and he couldn't move. Strikingly similar. <laughs> it's very similar to that feeling. I'm not even kidding. Like I wish I was joking about this, but it's it's exactly like that. No, I I believe you. Again, it's like 
like the second you feel a sneeze coming on you're you do everything in your power to like don't do it don't don't you cannot sneeze or you will just ravage your neck i haven't got gotten to that bridge yet but it's the kind of thing where if i'm like laying down horizontally like i have to finagle the right way to get up Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i i don't know how to describe but like Things that I do in my midsection, it shoots up my back where it's like I have to like roll over onto my knees and get my hands underneath me and then like try to find the right way to get up without exacerbating it. It's just it's again, this it's just what happens. It's father time yeah. comes for all of us. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that this is happening now and not a month from now because there's bigger things to, you know, there's there's big contests out there to to be in, in peak physical condition for. And um, we could talk about that for the next month if we want. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, this is cer- certainly super interesting considering what comes from in a month. You know, I think listeners, longtime listeners of this show know that me and banks play in an annual Ryder cup style golf tournament called the captain's cup. Last year, this podcast was united in that competition this year, the podcast is against each other in that competition as I am on Team USA and Banks plays for Team Europe. I'm sure I'll end up on live at some point considering he's playing for Team Europe. But so we'll see how you physically are. I mean, two years ago, you fell off a deck about a week before <laughs> this thing. So really, thing. it can't get yeah, that worse was than a, that. that was and then you hit the ball straight into the woods on the first team. It looked like you couldn't move. So at least getting this out of the way a month before the competition is a, probably a shrewd move on your part. Yeah. Um, it was the ice bath that was the only reason I was able to play that tournament that year. Um, it, I would say I'm in a similar state physically as I was that week. Um, but I've gone through the ringer on this particular injury before it's a couple of days of misery. And then it's like another week where it's like, I feel this still, but like I'm, I have mobility back and I'm able to be a human again. Um, and then within 10 days, it's totally gone. So um, no worries as it relates to a month from now. Team Europe's fans hope that that proves to be the case um, as we move towards the captain's cup uh, for our listeners that are under 30, this has to have been a very jarring first about five minutes of the show. I can confirm that as someone that turned 30 in January, none of this has happened to me yet. So there is some hope, at least for your first six months, six or so months after you turn 30. That, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm knock on wood. We'll see. You got that Um, dog in you? Sheesh. Might, might have it. Just absolutely barking at me like little bees just sitting in my stomach right now. (laughs) Um, That's the dog that's going on in here. Speaking of people that aren't watched, though, let's talk about the MLB draft. Jackson Holiday, the number one overall pick by the Baltimore Orioles, son of Matt Holiday. If you haven't seen that at this point, you just simply aren't following any type of sports in Baltimore. Um, the high school stats were ridiculous. Um, he's not one of the guys we talked about as much with Masson's Pullman kind of last week when we talked about the draft. Um, but clearly was one of the guys they were considering. We did talk about that at number one. Drew Jones was thrown around. Um, Tamar Johnson was the betting favorite uh, by the time of the draft. Um, 
Brooks Lee was the betting favorite 24 to 48 hours for the draft, the shortstop out of Cal Poly. They end up on Jackson holiday and not on a cost saving deal. Looks like all reports are they're going to pay, you know, the full slot or whatever, around $8 million. Um, they're going to give him all the money he deserves as Juan Soto walks it off here in the home run derby. Sorry to your guy, Julio tough for nationals fans. We're going to see him on another team in about two weeks. Uh, um, Scott Boris was just watching that, that just throwing another yeah, top 100. Just, yeah. That's he's... yeah. That's driving up the price a little bit more. I love the home run derby. Um, but Jackson holiday goes, I mean, this is the one thing that there were some people I saw that were upset that this wasn't Drew Jones or Tamar Johnson or whoever, the one hard part about the MLB draft, even when you're picking high and you know everybody you're, that you can potentially pick, is how to project a high school player out potentially three to four years before you even see him in the bigs. Um, so that's why it's like hard to get like mad that you didn't get the guy, maybe the guy you wanted or whatever. But uh, Jackson Holiday seemingly brings everything to the table. Mike Elias said they felt like he was just the guy that had the most potential in the draft or, and had all the skills there. And at this point, I think you got to trust the guy. Um, seems like a good kid. And uh, the Orioles uh, take their first, like, super high high school player um, in terms of, like, you know, their top pick since Michael Elias took over. Yeah, it was – It was. he was one of the guys – I mean, I did not – obviously, I knew he was one of those five guys that we talked about with Paul, but I was not thinking that it was going to be him at all until I saw the tweet from Passon, like 30 – like maybe three seconds before they, they announced the pick. Um, but again, it's like, and then you read everything about him. You, you listen to Elias talk about him and it's like, maybe he was just the best player. Like maybe he was the guy that, that the Orioles thought was the best player. And like, again, it sounded like, so I thought it was going to be Tamar Johnson. It sounded like he wasn't even in the conversation with Elias. Um, Elias mentioned Brooks Lee, um, Drew Jones, obviously. And then Jackson holiday. And it, again, it sounded like from what he was saying that he was their guy all along and, and, he has the perfect combination of defense. I mean, his numbers, and I get it. High school numbers are, they're high school numbers. They're, it's not against great competition, but he hit 685 with an on-base percentage of 749. He went 80, he had 89 hits. He, bro- he broke JT Real Muto's national high school record with 89 hits in 40 games, which is unbelievable. Again, I don't care what level you're at. That's, that's, that's significant. And someone, I, I forget where I heard it or where I was reading it, but someone was like, you know, you're, you're never going to forget how to track a ball. And like, he's just been able to do it so well. And again, he's only going to get better. 29 doubles, six triples, 17 home runs, 74 runs scored, 79 RBI, 30 stolen bases. I mean, the kid is an, he's an unbelievable offensive talent. And it sounds like, again, Elias said he's going to stick at shortstop. I didn't know what they were going to do with Gunner. And, you know, again, they've got these guys. They've got Jordan Westberg. They've got Taron Vavra. They have a ton of infield prospects. And it's a really good problem to have because you can, I mean, you can do whatever you want with your infield. But it sounds like he's going to stick at shortstop. Um, and it, it's just, he's, he, he seems like a very exciting player. Again, I think everyone got wrapped up in the Drew Jones overrated viral clip. I was talking to our buddy Jake Luke last night. And I said, if that overrated clip of Drew Jones, where he hits that home run when the kids are chanting overrated, if that doesn't happen, we may not think that highly of him. And he goes that. And Jake said, that's the clowny hit against Michigan. That mm. that's what that is. And I said, that's, I said, perfect. I said, you nailed it. Um, again, I mean, it's people were wrapped up in that. If his name was Drew Smith, maybe they take him because again, there's not the name there. People were wrapped up in that. Um, again, I, I wanted Tamar Johnson. I thought 
the the scouting report on Tamar Johnson was that he had it like a his batting eye and 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 his presence at the plate was a mix between Wade Boggs and Vlad Senior. Like that's just a <laughs> that is a sexual what a comp scouting scouting report. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Just instantly. what a comp. Yeah, well, I, well, we can talk about the comps later. I love these high school comps. They're like, yeah, the comps are so the, good. A high school pitcher from so Texas. Good. Kid was in geometry four weeks ago, and they're like, I get a lot of, a lot of Roger Clemens and Nolan Ryan in this kid. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, no, you don't. You just, you don't. Um, yeah, but again, everything, again, I don't, I think the people who were like, oh, you know, they went under slot, they did this, and, and, you know, the Orioles are being cheap again. Like, no, I think they, they got a really, really good player. And obviously, we know with the baseball draft, it's impossible to, to grade this out. 24 hours after that we have to wait two or three years again i mean he may not even be here he may be a trade ship like paul was saying and stuff like that but i i'm happy with the pick i don't think there was any if it wasn't one of those top five guys then i could have seen people being disappointed i could have i could i would have accepted that but this i think it's like hey how about again we have no reason not to trust elias i think this was the right pick he seems like a great kid again we know the bloodlines um Again, I think we just welcome Jackson Holiday into Baltimore with open arms. And, I mean, I think he's going to be an absolute stud. So, they, they've added a lot of good players since then, too. So, I, I, again, I mean, in Jackson Holiday, we trust. He's an Oriole. Let's do it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think that there was so much obsession before the draft that the Orioles would do some sort of finagling with going under slot or messing with the money. All the reports are, like I said before, that they're not finagling with the money with the top pick. Like Holiday is a Boris guy. Like they're going to, like he's getting the money. Like they're not paying him. You know, the pick value is, I have it in front of me, is 8.84 million. Like they're not going to pay him like 6.5. Like mm-hmm. he is going to get like in the eight to nine range or whatever that may be. I don't know what the exact number will be. Um, I think the most interesting part of the draft, like you said, it's like hard to project these guys out. So it's hard for us to be like, you know, we analyze the Ravens with the NFL draft. It's like, all right, you know, you're going to plug in Rashad Bateman here. And it makes sense. Like he will step on the field in however many months and be a guy. You don't do that in the only draft. Very rare. Like rarely do you get the conversation that was going on with the Kumar rocker pick where they're like, oh, could we see this guy in like three months? That just doesn't really happen. Like Brendan um, or what's his name? Brandon Finnegan, Brandon Finnegan, Brandon Finnegan did it. Like David price did it. Like there's some guys that do it. It's normally pitchers and they normally come up as relievers. It almost does just does not happen with position players. Yeah. It, it can't. So happen. It's, it's never going to happen. The thing that I thought was interesting based on our conversation last week with Paul in terms of talking about what the Orioles do and the patterns of how they bring players in and things like that. And we're now 10 rounds through the draft. I thought we were seeing a pretty significant pattern when they went holiday, a guy they see as like a power hitting, you know, left-handed hitting shortstop. And then they went with Dylan Beavers from California or from Cal, California. I just have it in front of me as California from Cal, who's also a power hitting left-handed hitter. I was like, wow, they're just going to stack power hitting left-handed hitters Mm -hmm. after they made the adjustment to the ballpark. That's interesting. They then took all right-handed hitters after that. So (laughs) They didn't really do that. Um, they did get Judd Fabian, who they were rumored to take last year, who's another power hitting outfielder who went back to school after getting drafted around this same spot. He got drafted like in the forties, right before the Orioles by the Red Sox last yeah, year. He was a second round pick. Yeah. Um, and they got him. So clearly they love him. If they were going to take him last year, then came back. And I think they may pay him over slot at that spot. Um, 
So that was interesting to get him. They took more pitchers than I think people would thought would think so far. They've taken five pitchers. Um, they came out of the, you know, the media stuff today that they think all five of those guys project to be starters. Um, so maybe sort of injecting a little bit of life into an Oriole system that I would say, if you look at their prospect rankings outside of DL and Grayson does lacks a little depth in the starting pitching department. So they've clearly injected some guys in there. Um, I watched Preston Johnson pitch for Mississippi state, enjoyed him. Watch Cameron Weston pitch live for Michigan, you know, was good. The Terps ripped everybody up and they, they did some things to him, but not a ton. Like he was good. And one, um, one of the interesting so, guys is I'm mean, who I'm sure you're going to talk about is the Nolan, Nolan, what's his name? McLean. The, yeah. The, the two-way guy from Oklahoma two-way guy, state who they who said a, could be a two-way guy, 472 foot opposite field home run. Let's, yeah. Yeah. A lot of tools in that kid. Six yeah. two oh five. Let's do that. Um, but they think his, his highest ceilings on the mound. Yeah. So we'll see what they end up doing with him. The Orioles have not delved into like the Brendan McKay thing where you like let a guy try to figure it out on both sides. Um, so we'll see what they do with Nolan McLean. But yeah, like you said, it's hard to, it was, I was trying to think of like how we were talking about last week of like looking at patterns and how the Orioles and clearly they addressed it. They addressed some pitching depth. Um, they went shortstop outfield, third base outfield catcher outfield shortstop with the position players. Um Kid from Stanford they picked in the ninth round is like more of a defensive running guy. So, um, yeah, I, I think the top four picks are, you know, the all position players is what they've done. Again, they went with a high school player that thought was the best and then went three with three power hitting college bats. Like Wagner was the Max Wagner was the AC player of the year, hit like mid 20s dongs. Like Fabian is a power hitting guy and Beavers was too. So, Beavers, Beavers, I don't know how they pronounce it, but, um, so yeah, took two guys from Texas. Love the Longhorns. Hook them. So that's the draft. That's the draft so far. I don't know how if you guys have any other thoughts on these Orioles picks. Like you not said, particularly. I mean, it's baseball is just like such a crapshoot. Well, not crapshoot, but it's such a you don't know what you got until two or three years. It's you, you get excited about the guys, you learn about them, and then you forget about them for the most part for a while. Us as Orioles fans, the last handful of years, because it's all we have, have tended to stick with these players a little bit more closely. Because, like I said, it's all you got, and it's the future and everything. As we have some players here that are, um, you know, emerging and playing in the bigs, and we actually have a team, you know, 500 baseball team here. Um, our focus is back on the big league team now. So, to a strong degree, we're going to keep these names in the back of our minds a bit. Um, or at least the ones outside of Jackson holiday and, and kind of keep an eye on them and hope for the best, but um, how closely are we really going to look at them? And, and when, at what point do you know who won, who lost all this stuff with this draft? I mean, who's to say? So um, it's impossible to know. I mean, that you, you summed it up pretty well. I mean, it's, it's like done that people even try and put great. Like I saw an article today, like, Oh, here we're grading the top pick. No, like stop. We can't do this. Yeah, yeah, people people doing like the uh, the mock draft scores, see who was the most accurate and all that stuff. It's like there's so many factors at play in the MLB draft that just have nothing really to do per se with like the, the order of best player or I don't know. It's not so as need based as correct. Other. Well, yeah, those not 
the people that are really in the know are, are sometimes able to grade based on like value. Like if you were able to like use your money in the right way to like do what the Orioles did a few years ago, where they were like able to get a Kobe Mayo because they stacked up their bonus pool money and they went and got a kid over slot down the draft. So they waited and they still got who they wanted. Like that stuff you can sort of grade, but like you said, like you can't go like ABC down the line, like an NFL mock draft where like everyone is playing from the same like set of rules in terms like the Orioles are playing with more strength because of their amount of bonus pool money than everybody else in the draft. So they can do different things that other teams can't do. Now you could say, well, the Orioles should get credit for like building their draft bonus pool or whatever. But like, I can't claim to sit here and like be aware enough of being like, Oh man, like when the Orioles take trace bright from Auburn of, you know, they're probably saving money, taking him in the fifth round because he's a senior. So he has no leverage. So he probably signs maybe a little under slot from 426,000. All the things I've just said in the last three sentences, I've lost 99% of people that care. So it's like, it's just a hard draft to talk about because you're getting into the weeds on like, you know, when I'm, I watched the whole draft today and it's like, cause we're waiting for Maryland guys. And it's like, Oh, you know, that's a cost saving pick in the eighth round because they're taking a senior sign who, you know, has no leverage. So he's going to sign, you can sign him under slot or do whatever. Like that's some of the stuff that's going on. And like you said, banks, like nobody's following it can read, like it's hard to read into it unless you're really like locked in. And I can't say like, I'm that locked in. I just have followed the MLB draft for long enough to kind of understand it. Um, but Jackson Holiday is exciting. Hopefully he's a guy that comes up in three years to just put the cherry on top of an Oriole system that has produced a bunch of guys that have gotten them back into contention. And, um, and uh, I just, I love all the young Jackson Holiday stories. This stuff, that stuff is kind of fun with Matt Holiday. So can't wait for him to get shown in the stands like 400 times during uh, Jackson's MLB debut. Uh, speaking of the big league club, um, the Orioles, if I had told you, RDT, that the Orioles would finish the first half of the season and head into the All-Star break at 46 and 46, what would you have said? I mean, we would have had you drug tested. <laughs> like, you would have had to go into some sort of mental institution. But, yeah, I mean, again, and that's, that was another reason I saw people last night being like, there's not a chance that I'm going to complain about Jackson Holiday just because of – how fun and how great this first half was like people are just, again, I like, it was awesome that the Orioles had the number one pick in the draft yesterday. And it like, wasn't even really a story. Oh, the, the whole week up until people were just so excited about that 10 game winning streak. And yeah, it sucked. It came to an end. Um, and you know, they lost that series in Tampa, but I mean, they're playing the second best baseball out of anyone in, in the league right now. Like the Mariners have won what 14 straight. I think it was. But again, I mean, the, the Orioles, just the run they went on, I did. I think like we've talked about the last couple of weeks, it brought people back and people are excited and, you know, they're talking about the Orioles they are going out and watching the Orioles. So yeah, for them to finish at, at 500 is, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, I think it's amazing what they've done. And again, the turnaround and who knows what they're going to do the rest of the, the, the season. But again, I mean, this first half was the best baseball they've played in four years, five years, you know, like they, they've played, they played awesome. Played really, really well. We've seen everything that we've talked about the last two years. We've seen it all come together. The farm system is coming up and producing. You know, they, 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 we're seeing these young guys and they're coming up and, and showing us who they are. And we're still waiting on a couple more of them. They're they're knocking on the door. Or you know, our guy DL had 10 Ks and one walk. Yes, uh, I think yesterday. So again, like more guys are coming. It's it's just going to get better. Um. So again, I mean, the second half could be. 
We could have a lot more. As fun as the first half was, I think we'd have a lot of fun in the second half. And if they hang around and they're in the, the wild card race for the entire, you know, if they hang around until mid-September, I mean, I, I think people would love that. I think it would be awesome. And then it would just, it would get people that much more excited going into next year. And then again, that's when you get a, hey, we're going to have Gunner start at third. We're going to have Jordan Westberg start at short. We're going to have Grayson on the mound to start opening day. We're going to have Adley back there. You know, you spend some money and you have, you have a club that people are legitimately excited for. And then I think that's when you start getting the buzz for a wild card spot and stuff like that. So I, again, I mean, I don't think this first half bar, you know, it, it could not have gone any better than I think it did. Obviously it could have, but with the Orioles, I don't think it could have gone any better. I'm going to stop you right there. I don't think it could have gone any better. I honestly well, think this is like the optimal scenario, except for the John means injury. I think well, this that, is like yeah. the optimal record scenario for the Orioles. Like this is the peak of what they could have done. Like, yes. Like, could they could now 58 and, and 24 or whatever, but yeah. But like realistically, like this is if you, like, this is an incredible job by them at the, at the end of the first half. What I think is super fascinating moving forward here, and we can continue to reflect a bit as you know, as we talk about what's going to ha- what's going to happen moving forward. So the trade deadline is August second, which I think is like a super key date, obviously, if you're following this team because of the potential ramifications of what they could do. Leading into that, they play seven games: three against three against the Yankees and four against Tampa Bay, all at home, ending on July 28th. I think what they do in those seven games isn't going to like totally determine what they do in and around August 2nd. But one in the difference between like one and six and five and two or four and three in those games, I think could be a marker for the org for the front office to think, okay, like if it goes this way against these teams right now, there's no need for us to like go all in on continuing to try to do this. Um, Now, if they go, let's say four and three, they then play, nine consecutive games against teams they're going to be favored to beat Cincinnati, Texas, Pittsburgh. That then sets up for a situation where if they're over 500 or at 500 at the end of that, I guess they can't be the end of a seven game stretch. We had 500, but if they're, you know, one game under one game over one game under you have a stretch of games again, where you can go like seven and two or eight and one, depending on obviously what happens. Maybe that then changes what you're doing. By the way, tickets available in Cincinnati on Sunday, July 31st, according to ESPN, for $4, just in case anyone's looking to get in there. I think that's going to be fascinating to watch what they do, what the record is leading into at Cincinnati, July 29th to the 31st, which is a series you could easily go in there and sweep. They're playing a little bit better. They took a series at New York last week, but that is going to be pretty fascinating to see. And maybe it, maybe that's, that could be me totally being off and they've already have the plan. They already know exactly what they're doing. They don't care what the record is, blah, 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 blah. But like, you've got a legitimate shot to then make a run into a lot of AL East games starting, you know, August 8th home for Toronto, where it becomes a little bit of a tougher road down the stretch. I mean, and there's also, like you said, that there's New York games after the break. There are people who are like, I'm seeing lobbying on Twitter being like, guys, Get out there, like come out and support this team again. Like we like, you know, don't don't let them come in and and take over the ballpark again. And again, that's this is like the time where you need to like come in and be like, hey, you know, we're not going to get pushed around. I mean, again, if they if they can win, what is it, a four game series against the Yankees or 
Three. It's a three-game series against the Yankees and then a four-game series against Tampa. I mean, if they if they can win that series against the Yankees, I think that would be great. Again, start off that season that that the second half just hot like that. And like like Banks said, I think Friday, I think that is a perfect um perfect spot for DL Hall to make his first start. I, I think that would, that would be awesome. Again, I know we talked to Paul last week and they talked about getting his walk numbers down. He walked one guy yesterday. It's like I, you know, you you well, want you want to get you fans don't want to walk guys, but like it's it's like complaining about I don't know. It, it's just nitpicking at that mm-hmm. point for reasons not to call a guy up when you look at all the other things he's doing. Yeah, I think they said so. He came out and said that he was he thought he was tipping his pitches, and since then he has forty strikeouts in four games, like that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's pretty pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. So yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks. Like you said, the Reds may not even be that team that we saw sweep or you know take two out of three from the uh, Yankees because who knows what they're going to do at the deadline? They may trade Castillo. They may trade all the you know a couple guys. So it, it, it's going to be a very fun. And again, I think I'll be there August sixth, Saturday. That's the uh, like some '90s concert with Smash Mouth, Drew Hill, and Cisco. So I think that should be a Is game. Is that actually happening? Uh, yeah. It's, wow. That game is, I mean, I'm going for the concert. I forget the game. Orioles Pirates with Smash Mouth. When Say the no Orioles more, are man. eight games over 500 and Cisco's doing the Fong song in the middle of center field, that's going to be, I mean, that's going to be a peak moment in baseball history. At least it's not that one dude singing about like the beaches of Ocean City and then back up to right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. After, after the Trey walks off. off the Angels. Yeah, who was that guy? I don't fucking know. I've heard that song. I think I think I'd heard that song like on YouTube before. Say probably in like a doctor's waiting room or something, <laughs> on an elevator. Yeah, yeah, on a hold. Yeah, you you were on hold with Geico or something. Yeah, I, no, I was on hold with the with the Maryland Parking Authority, <laughs> paying off a ticket. And there's like, oh, let's make you feel better about um about the state. Yeah, I mean, I, there seems to be some excitement building for that Yankee series. I hope that the Orioles can, you know, play well. Obviously the Yankees have been, you know, the juggernaut of major league baseball, but over the past, I would say three weeks, they have not been as dominant per se. Um, So we'll see, maybe, maybe the Orioles are able to take a series and you're kind of off and running and the magic, you almost didn't want the all-star break to come because it felt like you just wanted the magic to continue. Even this weekend, we can talk about this weekend against the Rays. I'm not far away from a series win there. They just couldn't get all the way there, but they're like, I've said this like 400 times and I swear I will stop saying it. I just keep waiting for the game where one of the good teams beats them like 13 to one. And we're just like, ah, I mean, I guess, you know, we're back. I just have, there's so much scar. I have so much scar tissue. I can't get it out of my mind and it just never happens. It's great. Well, it, it happened in Toronto. Like that the one of the early games. In yeah, Toronto. yeah. They yeah. lost like 12 to one or 12 to two or something like that. But then they went out and they rocked Gosman the next day and they ended up winning that series. So yeah, it's just not. And I think I read too. I, I forget what this was. I think it was eight, four, one of the finals this weekend. And they were saying this, that was the first game that the Orioles have lost this month by more than a run, which was like, that's unbelievable. Like it took them that long to do that. Um, so yeah, it's just, again, we've said it billions of times. It's a different team. They're just, they're a lot of fun. And you know, it's, it's, I don't know what, what, what the turnaround was. I think we can all point to, a, you know, a similar situation or a similar call up, but, everything is just clicking it seems like 
Yeah, I mean, we can we can take a quick peek. And we so we're we're now forty six games into the Adley Rushman area. Um, I'll give you guys the stats here. Sitting two twenty two with a three hundred two on base percentage, he's slugging four twenty. The big number for him is the fifteen doubles um, in forty six games. He's got five home runs, um, seventeen walks to thirty four strikeouts. Um, the WAR is one point three. Uh, it feels like anecdotally behind the plate, he has just been an enormous improvement. I, I, you know, just based on, you know, with everything he does back there and just an overall temperament and confidence feels like we there's just more confidence of the guys throwing it to him. And I think for a guy, and we, we talked about this, you know, think, you know, the average might be a little bit down here as he starts, but like the fifth, the power numbers are something that's there that makes you think, okay, this is like there. And then when he hits for a little more average, I mean, if he raises his average to 270, I mean, he's probably an all-star catcher considering the power numbers. So, yeah. And I mean, we saw the power. What was it? Saturday or Saturday or Sunday? Can't No, Saturday. I think the pinch hit pinch hits in the eighth game tying home run comes in. And I think in the ninth, ninth or, or, or extra innings, I think it was the ninth. And he throws out Randy Rosarena trying to steal third. And it's just like, again, the guy's been in the game for one inning and, and he was, he was unbelievable. And again, he, I mean, he tied the game and then he had the, I think the go ahead sack fly in extras on Sunday, I believe I'm getting all my games mixed up, but I mean, he roped that double in, um, in Wrigley, you know, which again, we didn't even talk about that. That series was awesome for the Orioles to go to Wrigley like that with the amount of fans that were there too. Like you could hear let's go O's chance. People were going nuts. You could see the orange everywhere. It seemed like an awesome atmosphere. Um, and again, I mean, they put on a hell of a show out there in Wrigley, so that was great. It was just, it was, it was that that winning streak was awesome, and it, I think it, I think it really injected a lot of a lot of excitement into the fan base. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks. Do you have any Orioles thoughts as we head into the second half? It's it's the stuff we keep seeing saying every week, like just the fact that they're not getting blown out, even though they lost the series in Tampa. They played competitive games. They had their chances. You get a little frustrated that. They let a game or two slip away there, but all in all, you got to, you got to be thrilled that they, they kind of took the momentum of that win streak. You know, they beat up on some mediocre teams in the mix there. Tampa was considered to be a, a playoff team this year and they're in position to do that, but to go down there and kind of face the teams that we're going to try to chase down and be competitive and, and make them fight for it. Like it's, it's a message. And in the second half here, we have a great opportunity to open against the Yankees and, and continue sending that message. And, um, you know, I think a lot of teams, as they looked at the schedule before the season, they might pick out parts of their schedule where they're like, okay, we, we might have a little bit of a, a breather here and, and we can kind of catch our breath here. And the Orioles are coming to town. That's not the case. You know, it's, it's not all fun and games when you come to Baltimore. So uh, I think that's just in itself an exciting thing for anybody who's an Orioles fan to, to experience and the energy that the, the fan base is showing, especially there in Chicago. It's awesome. It's just awesome stuff. So I'm excited to see how these guys play the, last, the next two months for better or worse. Um, and even more excited for 2023 and beyond. I think the overall thing is like normally at this point of the year, it's July 18th. You're counting down the days towards Ravens spring train or Ravens spring training. Good Lord. Ravens training camp. My, oh my. Um, and this time it's like, you're counting down those days, but that's way, way easier when the Orioles are good. 
you know, that is like, it's like, you don't not even think about it. And then when the Ravens are in training camp, it's just another thing on the, on the platter here as a, as a Baltimore sports fan. So that in itself makes the Orioles exciting. This was a fun last three weeks with the draft and with the, the run to over 500. I mean, we obviously were recording when they got to 500, watching them go over 500 was amazing. Like it was awesome. Um, now at 500 heading into the second half only feels like it's getting bigger and better. You know, Mike Elias said it today. He doesn't think the organization has been this healthy in a long time. And I, there's just no way you can say he's wrong from a, at least from a on the field performance combined with what it's, what seems to be a fully stocked farm system with a philosophy and a plan and an ability to, you know, develop players and also identify and scout guys, you know, the top line guys and get the right guys into the organization. It feels like top to bottom, they're moving in the right direction. Obviously there's a squabble over the ownership of the team. So I won't say that the entire organization is fully healthy, but you know, from that perspective, and it kind of makes the job Michael Elias is doing more impressive. And maybe it's just a situation where there's just no one standing in his way because there's bigger fish to fry for the people running the show, um, you know, from a money perspective. And there, you know, Michael Elias is just able to operate in this situation where he's got carte blanche, which based on what he's done so far, give him all the cart and all the blanche from my perspective, because he's doing a pretty good job. Um, so hopefully that continues and and people get back in the yard and, and we have a thriving uh, baseball team to match the thriving uh, football team that plays, you know, a stone's throw uh, away. Um, not much to report on that. We, we, a couple of weeks ago, I guess we have to get this in. I'll get it in real quick. Raven signed Justin Houston, a one-year deal. I know that happened a million years ago, but we took that week off. I mean, we talked about this. They had needed to add some more pass rushing presence. Justin Houston's a guy. He's a guy. He knows what they're doing there in Baltimore. He's part of the culture. He's, uh, the D line did not, from what I've heard, impress much. Um, in these meeting camps. So I think that kind of sounded the alarms that we got to, um, got to pad that, got to get a guy back that knows what he's doing. We had the, the whole Derek Wolf saga ended like what, six, six weeks ago or so. I think that was another sign that we needed to get another body in there. Um, hopefully Justin. Houston, That's still I mean, so bizarre, by the way. Yeah. That was one of the weird stories that we can remember. What an era, the Derek Wolf era. In, in yeah, Baltimore. seriously. Um, yeah, it's it's he's a, one of those guys that came into to Baltimore and the season was such a wacky one that it's hard to really judge anyone's performance because everyone was kind of playing with an arm tied behind their back because these pass rushers were supposed to be, you know, blitz heavy with the with the strong cornerback play behind them and they didn't have that last season. So uh, there was a lot of people like and we're kind of doing it here. We're kind of like ho hum about Justin Houston, but who knows? There might be a chance that once he's got some some more guys around him and a good secondary that can cover guys and you know give him some time to get after the quarterback and wreak some havoc, like maybe there's a better Justin Houston in a, in a Baltimore Raven uniform than the one we saw in 2021. Yeah, I, I think they you know they have to keep continue to add options down there to improve that position and. Justin Houston's a guy that's been there, done that, and it gives you kind of as you know a veteran leader down there as well. So I think it's a signing that makes sense. Doesn't cost you that much money, and you move on. Um, I think the, obviously the Ravens, you know, news and notes is going to be really getting going here as we head towards 
training camp, some interesting positional battles. So that'll be fun to break down as we head towards the season. We are not that far away from football. It's kind of wild um, as we, you know, get in here towards the end of July. So uh, cannot wait to get back to um, the fervent Ravens talk um, that doesn't involve players feuding with media members or former players or whatever the sh- shenanigans that go on on Ravens Twitter, you know, seemingly every single day. Uh, Lamar Jackson's a most emoji usage could use like a full podcast breakdown. Um, yeah. We don't, have that, we don't have that kind of, it's time. been a long off season, a really long off season rookies report tomorrow. So we're back. Yeah. Yeah. JK Dobbins. Will JK Dobbins be ready for week one? Yes. Per JK Dobbins. Per, per JK Dobbins. He's the source. He's the source. He the what a source. tweet. I'm tired of being quiet. Great. Love when, I love when people start. He start and Jesus have been that. grinding. Mm. I hope he's ready. Fake ass doctors. I wonder if Rappaport will take fake a, a star star. We don't know what those two last letters were. Could, yeah. That'd be amazing if Rappaport just took a huge victory lap. If he ended up on the puck list, it would be something. It would. He doubled down on it. So I mean, yeah, it, there really was did. like a 25% walk back, but it was still kind of a, a dig your heels in. Kind of report there, so Rapid who knows? Better, we'll see. Knows him better than he knows himself. <laughs> um, when when the Ravens return, uh, they will obviously return to MT Bank Stadium. Um, our starting five draft. I don't think that will be picked. We'll see. Maybe one of you guys will pick. We'll pick MT Bank Stadium in this draft. Uh, is stadium names. So best stadium name. Starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, I mean, obviously, we're fully into the the you know, middle of summer and, you know, you need sunglasses, go get some fed thrillies, use the promo code X52 to get 20% off your fed thrill sunglasses. Um, you can use them as stadium. I was rocking sunglasses at the uh, charm city match on Saturday night between Arsenal and Everton. Um, nice to see big time soccer back at MT bank stadium. I wish there were world cup games coming up in our future, but that is not the case. Um, Marlon Humphrey had two Arsenal players on his Studio 44 podcast that the Ravens do with him. I'm interested to hear what they talked about. That must have, you know, that I'm, I might give that a listen when I drive to work tomorrow. Uh, okay, so stadium names. I have the first pick. Um, Banks, you have the second pick. And RDT, you have the wraparound to start the draft. Uh, this is an interesting one. I don't feel like there is a um, a – go to number one pick here. And to be honest, um, I, I don't really know where I'm going here. Um, so I, I, this could be a little off the board. I don't know if this is worthy of the number one pick. I'm going to take the swamp at Florida. I've always thought that was a really, really good name for that particular stadium. And that's the one that's jumping out to me as I look at my list. So that's the one I'm taking. I'm just taking the swamp. Real name Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. That fucking sucks. But the swamp is really, really cool. No one has ever heard it called Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. It's the swamp. I'm taking the swamp. Well, real quick, did you say why we're doing the the stadium names? Did we say that? Oh no, wrong? I didn't. Except fill in the people. Sorry, I, I missed that. Because was it Heinz Field is no longer Heinz Field. They took the ketchup bottles down. Correct. There. That's right. That's right. That's the right. ketchup now, bottle came down today. What a shame. What a yeah, shame. Well, the pit, the Yinzers were were uh, protesting down there. Tough for the ketchup bottle. So I'm taking the swamp. I'll, now I'm interested to see how the draft. This is not what I wanted the number one pick in. The, yeah, this is a draft that's like it's a down year for top heavy talent. 
there's a ton of second and third round talent out there. Um, I'm going to follow up with the same similar type of pick. I think it's better pick than the Swamp. I'm taking Death Valley. Uh, it's going to be Death Valley down at LSU. No brainer in terms of which of the Death Valleys it is. I just, you know, people get fired up for the other one. Um, but I think nothing beats Death Valley at LSU versus Alabama. This uh, this fall, there's LSU, Alabama. So it's Alabama at LSU, and then two nights later, it's Ravens at Saints. So Quite huge weekend. potential trip there. Rdt, I'm going to Rose Bowl Stadium. Rose Bowl, I you call it the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl, I mean it's the Rose yeah, Bowl. It's, it's Rose Bowl technically Stadium. it's Rose Bowl Stadium. I guess it's a yeah. It, I'm going Rose Bowl. I think it's just such a classic name. Like it, it seems very classy. Just the Rose Bowl, and like we've talked about it before. But you say that you say Rose Bowl, and you automatically have that picture in your mind. Like you know, you know the sunset, you know the flyover, you know the like the picture above of the crowds perfectly split, you know, all that stuff. So I'm going Rose Bowl with that one. Nickname of the Rose Bowl. Do you guys know it? The granddaddy. Um, granddaddy. No, that was, it was the, that was why. Yeah. It's not that interesting of a name, but it's, I like the name. It's a good name. Um, after that, my next one. Uh, I mean, I'll take it. I'll go. I'll go Camden Yards. Mm. I'll go Camden again. Yeah. It's just call it Camden. People get mad when you call it Camden. I I, I call it Camden all the time. Do people, people get? Go, oh, that's, no, people get mad. That's about crazy. That? Camden, New Jersey. That's bizarre. Who cares? People get fired up about the Opasi or. Oh yeah, like I think that's fine out. too. I love that. I'll do that. It's fine. Yeah, I think that's fine. You call it. Yeah, call Opasi. It yeah. Oh yeah, Opasi. I'm Whatever. Fine with that. Like, I call it. I just oh, more mean when you write it out. But, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, people getting mad about calling it Camden. Take a lap. That's I was stupid. talking to um, I was talking to Melanie Newman about that because she said something like we're we're headed back to Camden, and she was saying that she got like tweets of people being like, "That's not what it's called. Camden's a town in New Jersey." Like, shut Buzz up, you off. losers. Uh, people stink. Yeah, like I let Melanie live. That's well, a even fine that's, thing to say. Call it Camden. Who cares? Like that's what it's called. It's Camden, Camden Yards, Yard. the Yard, yeah. whatever. I don't care. Opasi. Opasi. I think we need to start. Opasi. Yeah. Opasi. Let Yo, me you tell you what, o- that would really piss people off. Opasi would really piss people you go, off. You going down the <laughs> o- Opasi? What about Opaki? Go Hartsey. Opaki. Opaki. Heading down to Opaki. Just add a little, yeah. Add a little <laughs> SVP in there. Going down Downy Opaki. 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 I like that. I wouldn't mind. One of my favorite things now to, to I, you know, I, I can't say before we started this show that I was like knee deep and deep, deep into Baltimore Twitter like you guys are, like, because people tweet at you, you guys are personalities, obviously. So now I've kind of got, you know, consuming. Let me tell you what, people get mad about everything and it is sometimes kind of fun to just get them going. I mean, talk about just riling people up a little bit. I would, I'm just going to put voice members on Twitter every day just saying, oh, Packy, <laughs> going to oh, Packy night. <laughs> See how mad people get. It's the yard. Don't call Camden. Don't call Camden. Yeah, uh, Banks. Um, man. Yeah, see, it's a weird draft. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw back the clocks a little bit here. I think it's just a just a a name that is unique 
sticks out, literally. I'm taking Candlestick Park. Mm, I think this is a great, a great name for a ballpark. Uh, kind of fits the uh, the nature of that park, which was tons of wind, just like it is at whatever the new stadium's called. It Le- changes name multiple times. Is that what they've settled on now? There's so many stadium. Well, it's huge. oh, you're talking about football. Oh wow. yeah, oh, I was yeah. thinking oh, about no, it as a baseball stadium, but yeah, they, it's a it's a great football stadium too. They, it was both. The um the San Francisco's ballparks are or is Oracle Park right now. Yeah, because it well it used to be AT and T. Yeah, it was and Pac Bell. That, it was Pac Bell. Yeah, yeah. SBC Diamond I think Walnut was in there too. What 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 was yeah. candlestick? The 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 Terps played yeah. in the Emerald Bowl against against Oregon State. With, no, not with Oregon State. Six Cal. inches, six inches of 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 out of bounds territory behind the uh, end zone. Bizarre right? setting. I remember I watched watching it in Ocean City. Um, what? Why was it called Candlestick? Do we know? Couldn't tell you. Because it doesn't sound like that. Oh, they did play like, Oregon State. What am I talking like about? I should trust myself. What was Oregon like State? You know, was it a sponsorship? I don't I, know. But um, I, I get that game mixed up with the uh, the one where Christian McCaffrey yeah. smoked us down at oh uh, yeah Arizona. Down guys. Yeah. No, or that was, was a Levi's. Levi's. Yeah, it was tough. Stefan Diggs returned to Arizona. Um, they played the, the humanitarian bowl at the Bob. Humanitarian and boys in Boise. I don't think so. I don't think we've played a game there. We had the one champ sports bowl against Purdue was in Florida. Military um, bowl of yeah, military bowl against Marshall. Sheesh. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm watching the celebrity all star game. Brian Cranston hit Hunter Pence. And Hunter Pence tried to charge the mound and like Brian Cranston threw his glove down. And then I think Honcho is on the, is now on the mound pitching and he's tried to hit Brian Cranston twice. And it's amazing. It, I you track call him Honcho? Is it, it's Honcho. Honcho, Honcho. I, Jesus. Sure. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Quavo. I'm sorry. It's Quavo. Oh I get my, God. I get my Migos. My Migos. Oh my gosh. I get all my you Migos. Have, uh, you don't have the, you don't have the captain on? No. Cause I'm going to watch that tomorrow when there's absolutely no sports on. Hmm. Sorry, gonna hate watch. Gonna hate watch the captain. Yeah, I'm just gonna fucking tweet about how Jeffrey Hammonds was picked two picks before Jeter. And Jeffrey better, Hammonds was a better pick. I forgot to put the celebrity also. I have the celebrity also game recording. It's one of my favorite. I think I've said this on the pod. It's one of my favorite things of the year. I I'll say this. Jenny Finch, man, she's oh my god, like a fine wine. You love Jenny Finch. I think we talk about this every year. I think we've talked about this three consecutive years on the show. I'll talk about it for the rest of rest of the time. She is. I've I've written her a couple checks in my day. At at some point, we're gonna do a dream Baltimore celebrity all star game lineup. Yes. I think that'll be a very fun draft. We have that. We have that in the offing. I did not look at the celebrity all star game rosters this year though. Guillermo is in the batter's box taking selfies, like holding a bat. <laughs> I, I, I don't like any of those late night shows, but Guillermo gets me every time. He is he is a true king. I, I just can't believe they played this game like five days ago. <laughs> yeah, this is this was actually played in May. Oh, Jojo Siwa came back. Yeah, she's the in Miz it. always terrible. plays in this thing. Yeah, the, the Miz, Miz is in it. In this thing. Rob Lowe's playing. Sean Green. Two, only a two-time all-star. I was shocked he was only a two-time oh, all-star. Oh, I'm shocked. This, I wonder if Lauren Chamberlain's played before. She hits tax. Yeah, yeah. She. I think she's played before. Natasha Watley. Andre Ethier. Yep. He's yeah, in here. okay lineup. Action Bronson, Anthony Ramos. It's okay. Bronson's lost a lot of weight, too. Oh, interesting that the, uh, Mero is playing. The Desus and Mero stuff was very, very I think they're both in today. this. 
They're both in it. Wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. Jesus is in there, too. Interesting. Did you see that stuff? They broke up. Yeah. Sad. Mm. Jojo Siwa. Um, all right. I have two picks here to get this, to get this thing back on track that I took off track. <laughs> no, I, was I, I Speaking of track, I'm just going to go for stuff here. I'm taking um, Darlington Raceway, otherwise known as the track too tough to tame and the lady in black. Double nicknames. Both of them are fucking sick. The track too tough to tame is awesome. That's the most NASCAR thing of Southern NASCAR thing of all time. And I want it on my team. And I don't care if it wasn't on both your boards because I'm putting it on my team. What did the, how how good was the rev it up there? Crank it up. Come on. Crank it up. Come on. A little I mean, Jesus. Have a little bit of respect. <laughs> I did I passed Dover for the first time uh, two weeks ago. That place is massive. That was by the awesome. way, I've been there. By the way, that's a potential pick. That is a great nickname, too. That sorry, I didn't mean to spot a sport. No, that, I mean I don't think it's gonna get picked. That was fucking really cool. Like I was driving, I'm like, what is this? And I was like, oh my god, like this is awesome. I think a NASCAR race, if you have the ability to go and you're not like breaking the bank, is worth seeing if you care if you like sports. Yeah. I think it's just an interesting environment to be in. I guess someone that's been in two of them. Um, with this pick, I'm taking uh Gonzaga the kennel. Badass for the for the Zags. I always thought that was cool. I'm taking the kennel. I got nothing on the kennel. Mark Mark the guy, probably the guy that only watches the big conferences. The guy no, that only watches the single big note on the kennel. Mark mm. Fuse probably enjoyed a couple cocktails there. Oh God, he seems like a nice guy. Get, get off of Mark Fuse. That's horrible. DUI with the dogs in the car. Sure. Yeah. Sure. A little trouty in though in his inability to win a national title. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year's the year they get to a title game. Mm. They have been to one. They should have won the one a couple of years ago. Um, thanks. Absolutely remarkable that this got back to me. I'm taking the Alley Pally. Can't believe you let it slip through your fingers. The Alexander Palace, home mm. of the PDC Darts World Championships. Um, darts are awesome. We've talked about it a billion times. Alley Pally, easy pick. Onwards. RDT. Um, I am going to go. Where did my list go? Uh, bah, bah, bah. Oh man, I want to give me the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Oh, Calgary Flames. I, I mean, I'll just stick with Saddle Dome too. I think, yeah, that's I, I'm not name. saying I'm not. I saying had Scotia such Bank, a high yeah. grade on that, but I yeah. just played the strategy, not thinking it was going to get taken. I'm, I was reading down my list. It just it caught my eye. So yeah, I'm going. It's just a fun word to say. It's so awesome, and it's and it's such always, a great pick. The ice always looks so weird. I don't know, and I think we've talked about that before. It's either the lighting or the camera angle where the the ice just looks different. It's very God. shimmery. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like again, I don't know if it's LED lights or they do something, but something about that saddle dome, baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll go saddle dome with that pick. And then, so I'll have two more left. Um, give me <laughs> Sporting Kansas City's original name, Livestrong Park, and they gave out yellow wristbands to everybody. A bit of a tough scene. I love that. I love that. By the way, me, I was, I was talking to my friend about this before, but I think we want to bring back Livestrong bracelets. Just randomly start wearing them out. Did, uh... 
Did Lance come up on the podcast last week? I feel like we were talking about Lance recently. Um, we've talked about Lance at some point. He, he, he oh, we talked the biggest dicks in sports. He was, we do that. He was definitely on like the uh, alleged steroid user sports starting starting five. Mm. Didn't we do that? <laughs> Have you guys watched the Lance Thirty for Thirty? No, it's incredible. He, is so clearly the biggest douchebag of all time. He's so unapologetic. It's correct. It's incredible. It's a really, wor- I think it's worth watching for everybody because everyone has lived through Lance Armstrong with the bracelets and all this stuff. Like it's, it, it's unbelievable. It's totally outrageous how much of a jerk he is. It's crazy. But not, also not. It makes you think about how like pre maybe 2010 or so, before social media really got to a point where athletes were more, very much more in a public eye, how PR created images could have been just like existed. And mm-hmm. your notion of what a person's like and what they're actually like could be just so crazy different. I think Tiger Woods was the one that really shook everybody to the core. Like, Oh wow. Like him, him and him and Kobe probably. Yeah. But the tiger, was, the, I mean, the tiger one was the biggest one for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like, I think the most because it's such a niche sport that no one gives a shit about. Lance Armstrong, like when we found out he was an asshole, or when we found out he cheated, people were like, "Well, we're not talking about cycling anymore. We're I done with ever that." Like, there's, Tour de like, his ever name again. just got dropped from. Just people. The talk crazy about part is like, obviously, you know, we talk about like someone like Tiger Woods who has totally elevated golf to a level it would not have obtained without him. Like Lance Armstrong was one of the biggest people in the country at one point. Like, yeah, Livestrong, everyone had a Livestrong bracelet. He won, you know, a bunch of Tour it de France Michael Phelps, titles. Like, yeah. and yeah, and he was like totally in a stratosphere above his sport, right? He's a million stratospheres above his sport, and was had one of the great inspirational sports stories of all time. Maybe the biggest inspirational sports story of all time. And then it just got totally blitzed by you know steroid you know doping he was dope and steroid is not really the thing it was like blood doping and epo and all these other things but wild just a while i mean there yeah it's a i think it's a 30 for 30 worth watching it's amazing he participated he looks like an absolute clown but i don't know if he has enough self-awareness to know how much for jerky is maybe he doesn't he doesn't care that's also possible dated cheryl crow too team cheryl crow that's what i was gonna say yeah Yeah. um uh, wait who was the the bigger asshole at the end of the day, Lance Armstrong or White Goodman? I think it's Lance. Or who? White Goodman. White Goodman. I mean, uh, what a what a what a cameo that is in hindsight. But yeah, again, like he was great. People were like, oh, he's so funny. Look yeah, at him; yeah. he's, he's hilarious. He kind of he's a major plot line there. Like he turns he turned them around. He yeah, turned the season he, around. He's the hero of the movie. Yeah. It's a great leg, great lines too. Yeah. By Lance the way, the Miz, strong. the Miz just fucking pissed on a ball. <laughs> like I can't wait to watch this. Three forty to right center. Um, my last one's my last one. Or, no, I just you said it was me. I just picked mine. Didn't you? Didn't you have a double pick? Did it's you? A Sat- Saddle Dome and and Live Strong Park. Oh, oh Live Strong yeah. Park. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. we got so deep into that conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks. I am going to take KFC Yum Center. Mm-hmm. It's just a, an excellent name where it's not a nickname. It's not 
um, shortened in any way. It's just corporate sponsorship. We're going to, we're going to make this arena sound as dumb as possible. The turf will visit the KFC Yum Center this, this year to play Louisville. So that's, that's just a, we will take the check and we don't care what it's for. Yeah, like, I believe Yum Brands it. is based in Kentucky because if you remember, they've been a major oh, yeah. sponsor at times for the Kentucky Derby. So, but yeah, very bizarre name. Um, I am going to take Aloha Stadium, former mm. home of the Pro Bowl. I always enjoy that that was very on the nose, just being Aloha Stadium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hello, sta- Hello Stadium uh, or Goodbye Stadium. Uh, I'm going to take that. And then I have to get involved in some sort of soccer way here, obviously. So uh, I'm between two. I'm going to take Old Trafford, otherwise known as the Theater of Dreams. I think that's a very cool name for a stadium. Theater of Dreams. Uh, Banks, you have one more. Did you take two or am I, I just playing? Aloha Stadium and the Theater oh, that's of right. Dreams. Uh, I'm going to take Brains Ekman Acres. Ekman Acres. Just a, just a good, classic backyard baseball name stadium. I figured you were I, – I was waiting for one of those. Yeah, it was going to happen. Yeah, I didn't go fictional. I probably should have. I didn't even think about that. All right, finish it off there. RDT. I am going to go with. We'll go Enron Field. It's a great. That's it was funny. a good name. It was a very good name early on. Um, separate the. Uh, what do they say? Separate the blank from the blank. Like. We're gonna. Yeah, we're just gonna do that. Enron Field is just a good name. Didn't want to take PSI Net Stadium. No, doesn't do it for me. Um, some um, honorable mention. Well, let me go through them. Excuse me. The Swamp, um, Darlington, which is the track too tough to tame the Lady in Black. The Kennel, Aloha Stadium, and Theater of Dreams, otherwise known as Old Trafford, for me. Banks took Death Valley, Candlestick Park, the Alley Pally, otherwise known as Alexander Palace. Um, the KFC Yum Center and Ekman Acres. RDC took the Rose Bowl, uh, Camden, um. The Saddledome, Livestrong Park, which is that's funny. I, I'm glad you went to the ML, went into MLS there. That's awesome. And then Enron Field. Um, this I really probably just should have taken the Bird's Nest from Beijing. Um, the Water Cube from Beijing were two I thought mm-hmm. of taking. Um, the Smoothie King Center is a ridiculous name for yeah. an arena. Yeah. Um, I, I had the stadium, the stadium of light, which is where Sunderland plays in England. That's literally the name of the stadium. It my buddy, my buddy name. told me to take that. He said, "Take this, yeah. take this name, Stadium of Light." Um, Madison Square Garden is a cool name for an arena. I have that. Mm-hmm. Um, the stadium, the excuse me, the arena for New Mexico, known as University Arena, otherwise known as the Pit, which I think is sick. I thought it was the Mike Loxley. Basketball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I had some tracks, Rockingham old NASCAR track called the rock. You talked about Dover. That's the monster mile. Mm-hmm. Um, the brickyard, the resident is Indianapolis motor speedway. So had some tracks in there. What do you guys got? I uh, just want to note that th- there was a point in time where it was called Raven stadium at Camden yards. So. Forgot about that. 
I remember you pointed that out. I think, and we've you've talked about that before. Uh, should have called it. They should have called it Opaki. Um, there's Still just time. not really our sacky. <laughs> it's kind of how it plays out there. Our stacky. I like it. Yeah, our Stacy. I don't know. Mm. Mm. Uh, super mentions for any of you super, guys. Super colossal dome is the where the backyard baseball championship is played. Right. I had a lot That's of right. domes. Um, Saddle Dome was my favorite dome, and then once I didn't get that dome, I was kind of over the domes. But I had Alamo Dome. I think that's a great name. Um, Astro Dome is also on there. Yep. King Dome, Sky Dome. Um, Sky yeah. The problem Course, is so many of those. Course are, Field those is, are, is an easy one too. Some of those are gone. Like I wanted to take Sky Dome. I just now think about it as the Rogers Center, which is so freaking sad. What a yeah. sad name. Silver Dome, kind of mm-hmm. hanging out there still. Yeah, we probably missed on the domes. That those are probably some misses by the group there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of there. domes. I just wanted the saddle dome, and then like it was, it was very much a, a you come into it and you 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 play it from there type of draft, and and you kind of went one way with it, and I jumped in with Death Valley, and then I just kind of never steered my way back to the domes. So, like that was a little bit of a miss on my part, and I should have taken Super Colossal Dome over Ekman Acres. I kind of kind of biffed that one. I'm playing. You went, under, you went under slot. You went under slot with that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. That was a senior sign. <laughs> yeah. I I had um you guys are gonna kill me. Three rivers. I think that's a cool name. No, that's a, three rivers I, is cool. I yeah. think it just it just fits. Yeah, it's fine. Cole Fieldhouse, obviously. Cole. Yeah. Calm Castle. Call it Suf Suf if you want. Tiger Stadium. Um Coliseum, big house, mile high. Mm-hmm. Um pe- I, I I love Petco Park for some reason. I just Same. like seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Petco Park, San Diego, um, Arrowhead. I had Superdome, Saddle Dome, Great American Ballpark, and then Kingdom. I'm gonna just say it. I did a horrible job in this draft. My head was just not in it. We we didn't scout that well. I just think my draft stinks. I'm looking at my draft. I'm looking at think here in the honorable mentions. Looking at mine, I could have taken so many better things. I do like Aloha Stadium. It's I do like job that one me. too. I apologize to the listeners. The Swamp is kind of a shitty pick top of the draft i just <laughs> having having the having i couldn't the first, believe that to be honest well can i can i be can i be frank with you i did not want the first pick and i saw i had the first pick and i panicked i just straight up panicked i had no composure i just didn't want to have the first pick this is more like as opposed to like last week where i wanted the first pick to get barry bonds or the week before to get the mouse at the palace i would have loved the first pick in those drafts this draft mm. best left-handers that was the last one i had the number one pick on i it's just a bad one having the number one pick it mm. <laughs> Mm. It's almost as if I best three name people. We should go back and do that again. It's almost <laughs> as if we give you the bad ones uh on purpose. Yeah, like athletes you wouldn't want in your fantasy league was my number one pick before that. Who'd you pick in that one? OJ Simpson. <laughs> 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 oh, maybe Lance Armstrong was in that. Yeah, I picked maybe, him. I yeah. picked Lance Armstrong. There you go. That's why we talked about him. <laughs> oh, RET picked the entire Ravens front office, one of the worst picks in the history of the draft. I took Jay Mariotti. These are kind of fun to look back on. <laughs> we should do a full draft and look back at some point. Just go through the best and worst picks uh, in the history of the drafts. We can do that. Nick Cannon Medley, Maryland person of the week. RDT. Got to go with my new uh, good friend, Cal Ripken Jr. That's just a no-brainer. You guys texting now? No, but I'm going to meet up with his son. We're going to have a talk and 
His son Ryan recently retired from the game of baseball and wants to get into some sports media, blogging and podcasting and stuff like that. So Cal asked me if I would talk to him. I said, yes, sir. We can do whatever you want. Maybe like maybe dinner <laughs> did at you, your house. Did you stutter like you just oh, did? Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> you know, I said maybe dinner at your house, maybe like on, out on your boat or something like we could, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, sir. So, yeah. No, I hope yeah. You, you finish every sentence with sir. Um, no, I don't think I called him, sir. It's called him Bud. That's his teammate, Sydney. Oh, yeah, he's sir. I can't call him Sir Sid. I mean, no, but the yeah, the crab feast at Jimmy's was awesome. Cal is legitimately the man, like, he was the nicest person. Um, he told a lot of cool stories too. I'll have to, we'll have to dive into some of those later. I did, I'll, I'll tell you this story. I had asked him if he blamed Brady Anderson for striking out. Um, I said, do you blame Brady for swinging at that last pitch when you were in the on-deck circle? And to the crowd, he goes, so he goes, would you blame Jeffrey Mayer, 12-year-old Jeffrey Mayer, for reaching out and grabbing the ball? And I it cut him off, and I was like, yes, absolutely, 100%. And he goes, he goes, no, you blame the adult, Richie Garcia, for making the wrong call. And he goes, I don't blame Brady for striking out on a letter-high fastball. I blame my manager, Mike Hargrove, for batting me seventh in my last game ever. He goes, I didn't bat seventh all year. He goes, you knew it was my last game. We were out of it. The, the Red Sox were out of it. Why don't you bat me first? And he just goes, I, I, you know, I blame Mike Hargrove. And I was like, well, there, there you have it. There you go. So, mm. yeah, it was. We, I, we got a lot of good answers out of him. The pictures were crazy. I, I love the pictures. They're so good. Um, and then, yeah, it was just wild because, like, I'd snap out of it and look up and be like, Cal Ripken is drinking a Bud Light right next to me, answering a question that I asked him. And his foot is resting on my chair. And, and we were just shooting the shit, just two guys at a bar. It was very cool. We've uh, that uh, that was really it was like very cool to see all the photos that came because it's like very apparent how much that meant to you. So it was oh, like, like I I was legitimately nervous the night before, like could not sleep, like was tossing and turning, and then like meeting him and all that, like he could not have been nicer. He it was he made it very easy. Like his answer, I mean his answers were perfect. Like he was not a. Because I was like, am I going to have to break him out of his shell? I don't know how he was going to react to some of the questions. And also, it was like, what do you what do you ask the guy that's been interviewed a million times? Like, I don't think I yep. asked him one street question. Like, my first question to him was, I go, 21 years ago. I said, 21 years and two days ago, was that the first time you ever openly wanted to disobey your manager on a field? And he looked at me like, what is that? And I go, it's when A-Rod and Joe Torre made you move from third to short. And he was like, oh, I didn't know that was 21 years ago. And then he went on like a whole rant. He, he told me he hated Tony La Russa because he <laughs> used to, he goes, I, he was like, I fucking hated him. And he says, because I used to wear him out. And he said, La Russa plunked him one time. And he said, he kind of looked at him and La Russa was like, you're killing us. And so he said for the next five years, he goes like, I made it a point to absolutely just kill Tony La Russa. Like any team he managed, <laughs> I was going to like, murder them and then he said he was like he came up to me in an all-star game and, and like apologized and he's like i kind of was like all right whatever it's done but i so i want to go back and look up his numbers against tony Larusa teams because he was like i just wore him out so it was it was awesome and like i said i mean it, it went by super quick like it was it was it was an awesome night it was very it was very very cool so shout out again to johnny and jimmy's for letting me do that i don't i don't think i embarrassed myself too much 
I don't think you did. The best part, like in our group chat, you sent us like what shirt you should wear. Like you were going out on a first date. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I, I sent that to multiple people being like, you're like, oh, should I wear this hat? Like which hat should I wear? I was like, yeah, oh, this is our, awesome. He's so our, nervous. Our buddy, our buddy JJ who's going to be down here goes, he said, you, I should have worn a shirt. I should have made a shirt with my face on it and given it to Cal. So it said like, this isn't weird because I was wearing his face on the shirt, you know, but yeah, it was very cool. It was awesome. Thanks. Hopefully a future guest too. Yeah. Yes. Taking flat sticks. It's all about the putter out there this past weekend at the open mm-hmm. championship. Cameron Smith was unbelievable on that back nine. Um, he was unbelievable on Friday too. I mean, he poured in like a 90 footer made like 250 feet worth of putts or something. I don't know. It was just an awesome championship to watch. Um, those guys play a golf course that's existed for 500 years. Um, see that course somewhat hold up to today's game. I mean, the conditions weren't that crazy in terms of wind, um, but it was there and it was firm and they tucked those pins in and the guy still shot 20 under, but still 20 under is like, you know, it's tied for, for lowest score to par in major championship history, but um, it wasn't like the tournament of champions down in Hawaii where those guys, Cameron Smith shot 35 under that tournament earlier this year. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, just a great tournament through and through, uh, it was tough to watch tiger kind of struggle his way through it, but he got his, his send off as he rightfully deserved. Um, tough story for Rory, for sure. Um, looked like it was his to be had and he just kind of got it taken out from under him and, uh, he didn't have the flat stick. He just couldn't make anything on Sunday. So, um, that's what. <laughs> When Link's golf's all about, it's all about lag putting. It's all about making putts. And and Cam Smith, just like I can't think of a more Link's style, like iconic shot than that putt that Cam Smith hit on thir- on seventeen, and then the subsequent par make that he makes, just rolling it up that ridge, like next to the bunker. Bunker's sitting right there. He goes in the bunker. He's out. Like he doesn't just like lose a shot. He's out. He loses. There's just no way he wins if he just nudges that ball. Yeah. If it goes in the bunker, he's probably going to hit it out just sideways. Hits something. If it just hits a imperfection in the in the on the slope where it just kicks it to the left end of that bunker, he's done. Like he's just that's he probably not getting up and down. Um. So just link style golf. It's different. It's fun. I love it. Great tournament. Great finish. Great champion. Hopefully he doesn't go to live. Yeah. I mean, the, it was awesome. I was rooting hard for Rory. Rory has totally drawn me in. The guy is just awesome. He's a straight shooter. He shows you everything and the whole crowd was behind him. It was an amazing tournament to watch. Cam Smith's awesome. And it sucks that like five seconds after it was like, oh, he might be getting offered $90 million to go to live or 110 million or whatever the current number is. Uh, that's kind of state of golf right now, which stinks. It stinks, but that why it stinks so much is because there's so many exciting young players. It's like the first time ever four guys under 30 won the four majors. I mean, the, the game couldn't be in better hands from a talent perspective, but from an organizational perspective, it might not be in worse shape in terms of where it's going or where it may go. So, but that yeah, was amazing. And, and the, the, that might be one of the best venues in sports period i just totally elevated everything that was going on the history behind it and there's just not many places in sports it's like watching a game at like 
it's not, but it is like when a game's at the Rose Bowl, like the Rose Bowl at the Rose Bowl, you're like, oh, this is like means something. When the national title game's at the Rose Bowl, it's different than when it's everywhere else. When the British Open is at the British Open, the Open Championship is at St. Andrews. It's different than all the other Open Championships, even though all those other venues are awesome too. Like every single place they play is pretty awesome. But when it's there, it's just a totally different scenario. So I can't think of many other examples where a sport has a rotation of where things go and that venue means more than the rest. Like Rose Bowl is probably the best example that you said. There's, I mean, U.S. Yeah. Open wise, like maybe Pebble Beach, maybe Oakmont, but not on not the same even, level. Yeah, it's not. The yeah, same it's level. just not even yeah. comparable. The cool part to me, because like you were talking about the venue and all that, the the pit. I love the pictures from like. Here's the open in 1934 on the 18th, you know, on the 18th green and the big building in the back. Like, here's what it looked like then. And then here's what it looked like today. Like, I thought those pictures were awesome. And, and yeah, again, I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a very neat course. Again, it's, it's just for the people who don't watch golf as much as, as you guys do. It's like, I feel like it's shocking to them because they're like, oh, this is, that's not the golf course I'm used to seeing. But yeah, I, I, I watched Saturday and Sunday and it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. And, Again, I thought I thought like you guys, I thought it was Rory's weekend, but Sunday was not. It's also tremendous because it's like <laughs> things that keeps like I love getting up and watching the final group tee up at 950 and that thing being over at three o'clock. That was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's like how like English Premier League and F1 almost are great because like you just watch them in the morning. We're not doing anything and you just like don't feel like you're wasting like. Not that I, I also love championship golf that ends at, you know, 637, whatever it is. But, like, just, like, getting out of bed, throwing my breakfast on and watching, like, the four or five final groups all tee off, you know, at the old course. Just you can't spend a morning better. Like, you just really can't. It was awesome. Yeah, they actually do it every year, and nobody pays attention to it. It's at the end of September, so it's during football season. But there's a tournament called the Dunhill Lynx Championship, and it's just like the Pebble Beach Pro-Am where they play at three courses – and they finish with the old course on Sunday, you can wake up on an NFL Sunday and watch the old course and watch a tournament finish at 10, 11 a.m. and then roll right into football. I can't wait to do that. Like People should be more into that, I think. Yeah. yeah. Really, that whole stretch. As our entire of- sports interest moves into watching things between 8 a.m. and noon, this is going to be a great development. Correct. Shout out to Formula One. Um, I'm going to take um, USA track and field, which is absolutely fucking back. We swept the 100 meters. We'll see a Jamaica. Men's 100 meters. The Jamaicans <laughs> swept the women's. But we'll absolutely see a Jamaica. U.S. men are back. Fred Curley, the champ, gold medalist. We're winning in shot put. We're winning in pole vault. We're winning in freaking everything. We're just winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. And the rest of these other countries are on notice for Paris 2024. The track teams are coming. We need to find some faster 100 meter women. That was a cl- we just were nowhere near the Jamaicans there, but everywhere else we are just on top of it. So shout out to USA Track and shout out to Hayward Field, which you know is the track and field complex at Oregon where they have like made it into like a track and field palace, just sitting in Eugene, which is kind of crazy. So. I was very excited about that. The Devin Allen thing that got a lot of uh, press last night, the false start, that the was Eagle, horrible. See the, the Eagles guy? Eagles wide receiver runs the 110 hurdles. But even with him out, we won the silver. And even with him out, fastest time in the world this year, 
and the U.S. champion who didn't make the final because he fell still got the gold and the silver. USA track. Jeremy Bloom? What did Jeremy Bloom? Oh, he was skiing. Yeah, he was mogul skiing. I'll take a lap. That's Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I was just thinking of Eagles wide receivers that did Mm. other stuff. (laughs) I think the last really good track to football back to track. I think Marquise Goodwin went track to football back to track. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, so we'll see if Devin Allen comes back to track when he goes to football. DK Metcalf tried it. Yeah, did try it. Yeah. Who did? I was DK Metcalf. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. He got smoked. Yeah. So I'm taking USA track. I've had a I've had fun watching that the last couple of days. Watching a little track and field. Track and field. It's it's summertime. We got track and field, we got golf, (laughs) got F1, and we got baseball. There's not a lot of golf left. There's just three really crummy regular season events, and then the playoffs are shortened to just three events nowadays. So yeah, yeah. Live time, baby. Yeah, yeah, they golf. There's a lot of live golf in September and October, unfortunately. And they go Thursday uh, through pre- Saturday. It makes a lot pre- of sense. So president's president president's cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what I that mean, looks like. Like if if Cam Smith goes to live, he's not gonna do that. And then that and, and Hideki. He's so Hideki's in the field this week in Minnesota, believe it or not. That's interesting. It is interesting. He's been rumored like the entire time, and it just hasn't happened. So, um, it all the the only thing it does make sense for for Hideki, and I guess for some of the Australian guys, like if you're Hideki and you can play the live events, and then your other events you play are on the Asian tour, that makes a little more sense for him if he's gonna like, you know, yeah, like if he lives and, in Japan and he and he's like, um, he and Cam. And as I show get a little bit of sports watching like, working <laughs> Kepka and DeShambo, there's a handful of these guys are kind of immune to the, some of the, the vehicles by which the PJ tour are trying to like box out these golfers because they have exemptions into the majors because they've won majors recently. So Cam Smith is as a clear runway to, for the next five years worth of majors. Plus he can play the British open for oh, the open championship for uh until he's 60 so um he's kind of got a made yeah yeah for sure for sure that's gonna be very interesting to watch and develop as good as alex morgan scores a penalty um in a game right here love alex morgan talk about another uh another favorite boy geez rdt get a grip just saying my gosh big fan Mm. um any other honorable mention? Any honorable mentions from you guys? Home run derby. Yeah, I do love the home run derby. It's I was so gonna good. say yeah. something. It's, it's yeah, good every I mean, single year. It is it, like it, it always. It may have a stinker of a round or two, but every year it, it's it's awesome. Like the, by I mean, the way, great job by Major League Baseball putting pools in it. Put an old guy in it every single year. Put Miguel Cabrera in it next year. Well, I mean, I, I kind of, I, when I blogged it, I said Schwarber has a buy into the second round. Like, the, thanks for coming, Albert. Like, this is a charity case. It's like he won in the silent auction. Like, all right, let him come in. He'll let some home and runs you, and we'll get What up. you do, it's like boxing. What you do is you match up the old guy against a young pup and you let them get the rub. It's like wrestling. It's like it's like boxing. Get the rub off the old you know, the discarded champion. Pass tor- give me past torch moments. That's just good social media. That's just good manufactured content. So like, they had great stuff tonight. They had great stuff with all the guys like 
hugging pool holes. I mean, that shit was great. Other than Pete Alonzo, who was doing deadlifts in the gym in the back. But everybody else was, you know, Manny Machado's out there, you know, being the Pied Piper of all the young guys. It was fun. Tiger yeah. Woods waving at Rory on his way out of St. Andrews. Yep. Yep. Tiger did the same to Jack. That photo of Tiger and Jack is an amazing photo. The one on the bridge? Of or like that, him, like the... no, of Jack like walking up, mm. sort of like to the clubhouse or whatever, and Tiger like standing on the number one tee. That's an amazing photo that I saw on Twitter this yep. week. Amazing photo. The stuff with Tiger. I was going to give an honorable mention to Tiger. I I don't care how poorly it went. That moment of him at you know on eighteen was all time. That I hope it's not the last. Into the water time. on Thursday to open the day was just so tough. The person whose divot that was should be kicked off the tour, Doug. That was, <laughs> I mean, that is yep. just there should be, but also he should be able to lift and re, he should be able to lift and replace them. Yeah, like should they should to, make him eat his divot. <laughs> yeah, I don't. They should that. find the remnants of it and make him eat it. It's insane. And if that's like one of those clowns, like Poulter, that put the ball over there for that divot, like that, yeah, I mean. <sighs> Live, laugh, golf. We know it I wasn't hope, I hope he gets because he duck hooked it off the first tee. Yeah. Oh, true. That's true. That's right. That's right. Live, laugh, oh, golf. Have fun in Riyadh, you clowns. What a joke. <laughs> I had a buddy who they went to some golf tournament in like the 90s. And John Daly hit, you know, hit a divot. And they went over and they picked up the divot and he brought it home and he grew it. He, he put the grass, like the divot, he put it in a thing of water. And they were like trying to grow the grass. And they eventually wanted to put that grass in their backyard and like make it the John Daly like grass. I just thought that was such a funny move. They just picked up the divot. They picked up the divot and put it in their pocket. <laughs> you know, whoever so apparently the the iconic scoreboard at the open championship, it's not very well guarded because whoever some fan ran up to the top of the bleachers and just plucked Tiger Woods' name card off of that thing and took it home. Like you had said about the Bentley sign of it. How the hell did he get that out of the venue? I, I don't the know. Scene. It's just, it's a public park. Yeah. No, I get that the easy access. I'm amazed that like someone was Nobody just carrying that. He walked to his and, car with it under his arm. Yeah. And like, are you kidding like, me? Maybe, maybe honestly, maybe nobody, Skyline, maybe they're pretty chill. Probably, maybe it's probably about two and a half feet. It's one of those so like you, you stick you it high in your shirt, probably. You stick it down the leg of your pants or something like that, and just walk straight legged. But that banks, that's like the the Bentley sign that you tweeted about. Like, oh, this is hanging up on some frat house Oof. wall right now. No like doubt. that's. But that the Bentley a, sign is like wrecked, so they'd have to put it back together. Yes, yeah, like, after seeing that original photo, more photos came out, and the sign itself fell and broke in half. Yeah. Not to say it couldn't be fixed. Sure. But. Um. Yeah, old course is awesome. Tremendous weekend of uh, Open Championship golf. It stinks that the majors end this early. It's it's July nineteenth. We should have another major. It's just stupid. I know, I know. I want to see. Do they? I want to look for that course on uh, PGA. How thank God we have the. Like, thank God we have the FedEx created. Cup. You know they should move. They should move the Players Championship back out of March. Ah, it's just it's tough to play. This time of year in Florida. Yeah, you can't play like it. Yeah, you well, East play. Lake is not that far north of Jacksonville. Like the tour championship should be at the players. Yeah, they have not done a good job making the tour championship feel like anything. Yeah. Just East like, Lake's like a cool can, course. Like they should just yeah, like do that. Can't in last year. I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, so, yeah, Nick Kinder, Medley, Maryland. 
person of the week, things of the week. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of the X52 podcast. Um, make sure to follow us on our social media channels at X52 podcast on everything. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all of them. Follow Banks at Barstool Banks. Follow Eric at E-D-I-T-T-I. Send me well wishes. Yeah, send Banks well wishes. Tweet tweet nice things at him. Give him good vibes. Everyone tag Banks and, and send him well wishes. Please. Yeah, send him some shows to watch. But also thank him. Yeah, thank him for his service. Yeah, you should definitely do that too. Make him feel good about himself. Um, happy half birthday to me. Um, you can follow me that's at Tellers My 10 to celebrate my half birthday. Um, and that's it. Oh my God. All of our sponsors, Fed Thrill. Jimmy Seafood, Thread Level Midnight. Did I miss anything? We got everything. Cal Ripken Jr. Friend of the pod. Friend of the officially a friend of the pod. Officially a friend of the pod. We'll see you next time on the X2 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. <laughs>